right. I, a couple Sundays ago, I asked you if who had their Christmas tree up. I'm hoping for a lot more hands today. Who has their tree up? Come on. Let's go. All right. It's our tradition in our family growing up and in, and in our family now to get our tree right after Thanksgiving. It's our favorite. We got a real one. Anyone else? Real tree? Come on. Um, it's no. Wow. I'm surprised. I'm so excited. I, I realized I preached last year on the same first Sunday of December, and I, I, I preached about Advent because Advent is my favorite, and I want to share a little bit with you about Advent and then just um, share a word that the Lord has just weighted my, my spirit down with, okay? Are you in for that? All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for this Sunday, this first Sunday in December. We thank you for this season, Lord, where we remember that you came to earth. Heaven met earth. We thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus, your son. We thank you for the manger, and we thank you for the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you are in eternity waiting for us, and you are coming again. So I ask you, Father, Holy Spirit, just fill fill this house right now, Lord. Thank you for beautiful worship. Speak through me. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so when I was growing up, we did an advent calendar, like the kind that hung on the wall. There was a little flap that you opened and read a scripture every day. It was so exciting. Um, Some years they had chocolate in them. But nowadays, advent calendars are like a whole new thing. Has anyone seen the advent calendars they have now? They have every toy you can think of, and even in our home, we have the luxury of some Lego advent calendars for our kids, but they have sock advent calendars. They have chocolates. They have jam. I even saw one that you keep in your fridge, and it's like a charcuterie advent calendar. So every day, you open up like salami and cheese. I don't know. Um, So advent has taken a whole, whole turn from the days where I just opened and read. But I hope that this season, as we get ready for Christmas, as my kids told me this morning, there's only 22 more days until Christmas morning, um, that you are participating in some kind of Advent. Advent simply means the anticipation, the waiting of the arrival of Jesus. And Advent is a practice. Churches um, celebrate Advent. Homes celebrate Advent in so many different ways. Um, One way I, I see all over Facebook, and and you can join in, it's only the third day, is reading a chapter of the book of Luke every day until Christmas. It pulls you through the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus. It's an incredible way to just take a minute and slow down in the busyness of Christmas and remember. Um, When I was pregnant with Ava, our 14-year-old, I was so excited to buy, I was she wasn't born yet, but I was excited to buy Christmas stuff for our baby. And I bought some Christmas books. And I remember reading them thinking they were so sweet. And it was like, this is Mary. This is Joseph. This is the manger. This is the star. These are the animals. This is Jesus. And it was so beautifully simple and true, but my heart wanted more. So in our, in our home um, for the past I, I want to say 13 years, we've been practicing the Jesse Tree Advent. So I shared about this last year. I will talk to you about it any day, any time of the year, because I love it so much. But just really simply, before you know, we get into what the Lord has for us, Isaiah 11, Isaiah is a book of prophecies. Isaiah is a prophet. And Isaiah 11 says, um, a green shoot will 
Come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in that. Down to verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner of salvation for all people. And that tells us that um, the Jesse, the family of Jesse, comes King David and tumbles down the genealogies into the birth of Jesus. And when Isaiah tells us that from the, the stump, the broke, the cut off family tree of Jesse, a savior will come, he is reminding us that the line of Jesus, the family line of Jesus, has anyone done their, traced their ancestry back any generations? We have, it's incredible. Um, but the family line of Jesus Christ, our Savior, goes all the way to the beginning, right? The beginning of creation and the fall of man. And it is filled with broken, sinful liars and cheaters, family abuse, sexual sin, um, distorted, perverted mindsets, um, broken families, fractured trees. And this scripture tells us that right in the middle of all of that mess, from a broken family tree that has been chopped down, if any of you cut down your Christmas tree this year, you will remember you cut it down and nothing's going to grow there. But from the stump of Jesse's family line, from that, broke, from that dead stump, a new shoot will grow. And that is the line where Jesus is, comes from, Jesus is born from. And that is a beautiful reminder for us that no matter what our family looks like, no matter where we've come from, no matter what we're carrying or what we're holding or what we're walking into this Christmas season with, we have the confidence that just like from the broken, fractured family tree of Jesse, of Abraham, of Moses, of Rahab, of David, um, comes Jesus, a savior. There is hope and there is new life. And that that makes me feel so emotional because what more could we want? That confidence that Jesus came from brokenness, the Son of God, to remind us that because of the promise to Abraham, Father Abraham in the beginning, we also have that hope that new life will come. So I'm not preaching about that today, but I wanted to just remind you and invite you into that Advent season. If you are unfamiliar with the Jesse tree scripture readings. I'm going to post it on our church Facebook page after this, a reading for every day. It will take you through from Genesis through the Old Testament um, to the birth of Christ. And it's a beautiful reminder that God uses everybody and God came for everyone. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. So, um, so remembering the family tree of Jesus, remembering where he came from, remembering that God had a plan from the beginning of time. You know, 2 Timothy 1.9 tells us that before time, Christ was given to us. So this was before Adam and Eve fell. This was before humanity chose sin. This was before we were separated from God, from before time, 
before the age of time Christ was given to us. So this season can be so beautiful, right? I love it at night when everyone else is asleep or upstairs and I'm walking through and I just have the lights from the Christmas tree or the lights from our candles. It's so beautiful. It feels so magical. But the reality is it can be very hard. We all come from broken family trees, right, in some way or another. We might be wondering who will be at our table this year for Christmas. We might be missing phone calls. We might be thinking, Lord, I thought by now this would be different, or I thought because of what I've, what I've given you, Father, that this, I would have this. I, maybe you're experiencing grief, or maybe there's just a longing for something else, and you're sitting there looking at the wonder of Christmas, the excitement, right? and thinking, I thought there was, some, there was more. But the truth is, God gives God all the time, every time. So no matter what we are feeling or what we are holding, we, I want to impart to you this morning the weight of the truth that Jesus came to be with us. That's the title of my message this morning. Um, when I was a little girl, I was a this probably was around, I was 10. We lived in New York. We went to a church in Connecticut. And one year for Christmas, we went to a family's home for a Christmas party, Anita and David's home. And their home was, so I'm 10, and this is my memory. They're, they're from Finland. Their home was built and designed and decorated in like the traditional Scandinavian style, if you know what that is. Very different from the home that I grew up in. Um, very clean lines, not a lot of stuff, you know, just like different uh, wood and white. And when you drove up, every window had a candle. This is my 10-year-old memory, right? It was so, I loved it. I couldn't believe it. It was so different. It felt so unusual. And we, you know, I'm following the ladies around doing a home tour. And we went to the one of the bedrooms, the biggest bed I've ever seen. It's probably a king size, but to me, in my memory, it was huge. And on the bed, in typical Scandinavian style, there was like a stack of down mattresses and feather blankets. You know what I'm talking about? Does anyone have a down comforter on their bed? It's the best thing. And I just looked at that and I was like, that's amazing. Everything was white. Everything was clear. And it just looked so good. And Miss Anita, who was, you know, part of kids ministry, she knew me. She said, do you want to sit on the bed? Do you want to lay down? And I was like, I couldn't believe it. And I just, I have like a visceral, tangible, physical, emotional memory of sitting there and laying back on like the best thing that I ever felt. And she said, just wait. And she flipped the covers over and they landed on top of me. And it just like, as you can see, it made an impression, right? Um, it, I will never forget the weight of that beautiful blanket and just the feeling of it all. And um, that never left me. I purposed in my heart that when I was an adult, I, my mom's allergic to down. When I was, had my own house, I was going to have a down comforter. And you better believe that I have two. We have two on our bed. And I will never be without. <laughs> but... When I was just, I was, it was so exciting to me. And we went home, my brother was little and we had bunk beds at the time. And I was trying to explain to him like the house, it was so cool. It was so great, you know, and the, and I laid on their bed. It was so exciting. And I'll never forget this, this, somehow it came out. What was it like? What did it feel like? It felt like a prayer. 
And I realized that as a kid, I was trying to give words to the, the weighted feeling that I felt in that down comforter that I'd never experienced before in my life. And um, through the years, I have never forgotten that. And my prayer has become, Lord, show up, be like a weight, be like a heavy down blanket over me. I pray it over my kids. I pray it over myself. I've probably prayed it over some of you. I've prayed it during worship. Come with a weight, with a heaviness that is not a burden, but instead comfort. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't have a down comforter like I do. Sorry for you, but I'm sure you have your favorite blanket, right? I'm sure you have your spot, just what your comfort. Um, and, and so this morning, I want to speak to you about the presence of the Lord and give you just three things that I want to invite you to feel the weight of, the heaviness of, and not in a burdened way, not in an overcoming way, but in like the best most delicious, most comfortable way, the absolute um, comfort of God. You know? You with me on that? Okay. Isaiah seven fourteen. Again, Isaiah is the book of prophecy. He's speaking things that people have never heard. They don't know. Um, and he says in Isaiah 14, the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us, is only mentioned in the Bible three times, twice in the Old Testament and once in the New Testament. It's out of the many, many names of God. You know, I started looking when I was reading this. There's 72 formal names of God. There's a hundred names that are not just characteristics, and there are almost a thousand names of God that God is called that describe him, that describe his character, that, you know, are, are used to refer to him in the word. But Emmanuel is used three times, and it's, and it's, for me, and I hope for you today, one of the most encouraging and the most comforting names of God, because it kind of pulls all of the characteristics and the nature of our Father into one. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Do you see my period? God with us, period. Not a question, not a wonder, not a sometimes, not a most of the time, but he is Emmanuel, God with us. So when we read this, we are reading about a time where um, God was far away from his people. You know, he created man in the Garden of Eden and man chose sin. Um, so God was separated. There was space between him and his creation. And, and, but because of the tremendous love of God, because of his sovereignty and his plan from the beginning, he closed the gap by sending Jesus, right? By sending his son, son of God, to become son of man. When we hear the name Emmanuel again, it's been 700 years since Isaiah's prophecy. 700 years is a long time. I looked up what happened 700 years ago from today. 
I, I didn't get a lot of information. I'm sure in some way that shaped where we are, but I, I challenge all of you without Googling it to tell me something that happened 700 years ago that means anything to us. I would love to hear that because I, I couldn't find it. Um, but for 700 years, God was quiet. He was silent. There were no more um, divine connections. There, were, there weren't even any more prophetic utterings. God was quiet, and his people told the stories that they heard and the prophecies that they knew from mouth to ear, from mouth to ear, over and over for 700 years. And then we go into Matthew. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, Matthew begins with my favorite, the genealogy of Jesus, because it matters. Where Jesus came from matters. It mattered to the Jewish people at that time, and it matters to us, because again, it tells us that we have hope, because Jesus fractured line, Jesus broke in tree from what should have been dead, the stump of Jesse came new life. Amen? So Matthew 18 starts and says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. This is probably not the most familiar Christmas rendition of the Christmas story, but I like it for today. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he was faithful to God, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he was kind, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah so many years before. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Can you imagine before this, before this introduction, when God could have introed his son as anything, king of all, ruler, you know, mightiest one who comes to save, he simply calls him Jesus who saves and Emmanuel, God with us. But can you just imagine for all these years, we know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, was a church girl. I love that about her. She knew the scriptures. She knew the prophecies of old. So even though she was surprised when the angel came, you know the story, her song of worship is reminiscent of Hannah in the Old Testament. So we know that somewhere inside, she was familiar enough with what was happening to um, to to worship God in that way. So Mary is there before that, you know, God, they, people were wondering, would God come? Would it be in our lifetime? But this, the prophecy was so weighty that it continued for all those years. It was like creation was holding its breath, waiting, right? It knew that one day Emmanuel would come, didn't know when. For so long, the world was so dark. It was waiting and it was without hope. God's voice, God's miracles were few and far between. Sometimes it feels like that now. 
But suddenly, there's something. There was something to rejoice about, something to hope for, something to die for. There was something that gave us an invitation to come. It was Emmanuel, God with us. He is God with us, he is for us, and he is with us. Amen? So I love the story of the nativity story, just like the one I bought for Ava before she was born. This is Mary. This is Joseph. These are the shepherds. These are the wise men. This is the star. But I really, I I love that Matthew introduces the God child to us as Emmanuel. And I never want to lose sight of that. I never want to forget that name with all the other names of God, all the other attributes and characteristics of God. I hope that that you don't forget it either because he is Emmanuel, God with us. And just like I feel, I can still feel the weight of that down blanket being thrown over me. I hope, I want to impart to you today the weight of what Emmanuel, God with us really means. Because and I'm talking to you, you know, you're the church, Um, you know Jesus, I'm sure you're all familiar with this story, you know, we read it in Matthew, there's another account in Luke that an angel came to Mary, Joseph heard from an angel in a dream, they had a supernatural encounter, Um, they said yes to God's plan to have um, a baby God, King, um, the shepherds saw the angels in the fields. The wise men were educated men who were studying, looking for something new. Um, king Herod is part of this story. He was a jealous king and didn't want to hear about anybody else coming to take his reign. Um, the enemy is also part of this story because he moved in King Herod's mind and spirit, causing him to make a decree that said he would, we would kill all the babies just in case one of them would grow to be a king. In the midst of all of this, though, God simply says, I've come and I am Emmanuel, God with you. Thank you, Lord. So the first weight of Emmanuel, God with us this morning that I want to just talk to you about is the promise. Because promises matter, right? They matter to us. In our house, a promise is a big deal. If you promise that is it. There is no negotiating. There is no questioning. There's not even the thought that that promise could be broken. Like, it's a done deal. Um, We grow up, you know, pinky promising our secrets under the covers. We grow up talking to our friends. You promise? You promise? We get married and we promise to love and honor each other. Um, We have children and we promise to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. Um, We have kids and we promise we'll be back in five minutes to check on them. We promise, we promise, right? And you know, in our home, a promise means something. I know that that's not the case. I know that for a lot of us, promises are broken all the time and they carry no weight at all. And um, so I want to tell you whether you think that, whether you know that a promise counts or you know that it should count or that, or you think that it doesn't count at all, God's promise is yes and amen. And it was fulfilled through Jesus, God with us. Long before time, Timothy tells us, Christ was given to us. It started with creation when God spoke and it was, when he used his voice to create everything we see, when he used his hands and his breath to breathe life inside of man with beautiful intention, it started. And Genesis um, 
3.15 tells us that God created everything and it was so good, right? We know the story of the Garden of Eden. We, man had everything they wanted and God saw it, called it good, and that was it. But humanity chose their own good. They looked at what God had and they chose something else, right? And that's when we see the entrance of Satan into our world. I don't know what he was doing before that. You can tell me maybe, Pop somebody else. But I don't know what the devil was doing before man was created. But when creation, when man, when God creates man and then calls it good and man chooses their own good, the devil shows up and God speaks to the devil who's a snake and says, because you have tempted my people, because you've introduced sin into what I called good, I declare war on you and my people. And that's when our tension starts with evil, right? And the Lord says, because of this, it's on, and my, my, the offspring of man will crush the head of the snake, right? That's the promise. That's the promise for the devil. And we look around and we think, is that happening now? Emmanuel, God with us, has come. The promise was fulfilled so long ago. The promise started in the garden, and it went to Abraham, who we call Father Abraham. Genesis 17, God sees Abraham, who wanted a family. He wanted a son. He sees his heart after him and his heart for his family, and he says, you know what? I'm going to magnify this. I'm going to put my hand on your life, and I'm going to be your God forever, and I'm going to be your children's God and their children and their children. And Romans tells us and Galatians tell us that we are, because of our faith, we are called children of Abraham. So we are covered under that covenant promise that was a promise to Abraham. I'm your God and I'm coming back. I'm coming again to be with you. Isaiah 7:14 tells us there, Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 tells us who Jesus will be. You know it, right? Let's get it. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called, do you know it, church, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The promise reverberates through history. I love you. I want you. I made you. I called you. I promise. I promise. I promise. And then we come to Matthew, the New Testament, the new covenant, and God introduces his son and says, he is Emmanuel, God with us, period. Romans 8:28 is a favorite of our kids downstairs. We we read it almost every class. And I will read it to you. And we know that in all things God works to the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those he knew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. God is with you. From creation to the cradle right here, the manger, to the cross, we hear God's beautiful story, his rescue story, his plan for us. I know you, Psalm 139, my favorite. I've called you. I, I've formed you. I breathed my life inside of you. And my promise is that I'm coming to be with you, to save you, to bridge the gap between the separation. And Emmanuel, God with us, tells us that the promise has been fulfilled. 
fulfilled. It's a done deal. Amen. So I hope this morning that you feel the weight of the promise fulfilled because a promise matters. Even if your heart is saying today, you know what? A promise means nothing. That's just empty words. That means nothing. This is not just any promise. This is the promise from God, our Father, our King, the maker of the universe, the one who flung the stars in the sky. He is God and he is with us. This, amen. The second weight this morning, just like that heavy, beautiful down blanket, you're never going to forget that, right? Is the, the weight of the presence of God. It is profound and humbling to think that the only way God could reach us is by sending his son, right? He's master of all, Lord of all, king of kings. When he declared war on the enemy, that could have been it right there. He could have been like, it's, it's happening right now. We're done. But instead, he said, he, he said, I'm sending you my son, the very image of me, God with us, God with us. The thought that Emmanuel is with us is a declaration. It's a frame of mind that says, again, God said it. God promised. He showed up. He knows me. He saw me. He hears me. He's with me. The confidence, it's a confidence and it's a battle cry. The presence of God is Emmanuel, God with me. Heaven to earth. Listen, when I was, I'm just telling all the childhood stories today, but when I was a little girl at my grandma Dola's house, my grandma Amandola, maybe she's listening, we used to have, um, we used to dress up as the characters in the nativity, you know, Mary and Joseph and the angels. It was so exciting. Everybody wanted to be the angel. It was so great. Um, but, you know, in our culture now, everywhere we look, angels are depicted as um, beautiful beings with choir robes and wings and curls and dimples. And they're beautiful. And that's great. I have an angel in my home hanging to remind me. But um, when I read in Luke 2 that the angels show up, because Emmanuel, God with us, is here. I don't see them wearing choir robes. And you know, the word doesn't even tell us that they're singing. We sing lots of songs, angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing. But it doesn't even say that they were singing. It says that they were worshiping. And I don't know how they worshiped. But I do know that the word tells us that God created his angels to worship him and to serve at his pleasure. So they are warriors. They come with battle gear. They have swords. They're on fire. When they show up in the word, they often, almost always say, don't be afraid. Why? Because they're terrifying. They're not made in the image of God like we are. They don't look like us. They fight for us. They're messengers. They're for protection. And they serve the king of kings, their commander in chief. Luke 2 says, and there were shepherds living in the living out in the fields nearby. I heard I read um, some historians have somehow figured out that Jesus was born right before dawn. And I don't know why, but that makes me want to cry every time. Right before the sun comes up is when Jesus was probably born and the angels appeared in the, in the sky. This was a cosmic event. This was not like an isolated moment that only the shepherds saw. This reverberated throughout creation. And the angels showed up to the shepherds in the flocks and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified because angels are warriors. It was a military force. The word tells us a heavenly 
heavenly host, thousands upon thousands of angels that said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, which matters because it's fr Jesus comes from the line of Jesse, the line of David, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign. You'll find the baby wrapped in clothes, laying in a manger. They appeared, a heavenly host appeared praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels came to tell the shepherds, we love the shepherds because they're like every man, they're us, right? They were just working, blue collar, low, low night shift. The angels showed up, but I want to... I want to kind of think of this a little bit differently and feel the weight of what happened when the angels showed up in the sky. This was so much more than just a birth announcement. This was a declaration of the presence of the living God, son of God, son of man, heaven on earth. This was like, I, I, listen, the shepherds were out there watching the sheep that were being raised to be a spotless lamb to be sacrificed in the temple. That was their job. They had enough knowledge, even though they had like a low job, they had enough knowledge to raise the sheep to watch for any blemishes. They knew what it meant to have a savior come to be laid in a manger, right? The magnitude was there. The weight of that was there. They were raising sheep to be slain. And then Lamb of God was born. This is a heavenly declaration, a war cry that tells the devil, you know, there's a popular spontaneous song. I can't think of the worshiper's name. It's a, it goes, it's on social media. Um, oh, you can't have me or my family. This is an eviction notice to the enemy. The chain breakers in the room, right? That's what the angels were saying. Ho, oh, you can't have my people anymore. We're here now. We're, it's, it's on. The war that was declared so many years ago, it's happening right now. So the de telling the devil and all his demons, who I'm sure were watching those lambs, because if those lambs were being slaughtered, then that meant that Jesus hadn't come yet. So they wanted that to be in production, right? So I can see the shepherds scared and the angels, the heavenly host, the military battle, the armies as far as the eye can see, and in the spirit realm, the d demons and the devil watching like, this is it. Oh no, it's happening. We got used to God being quiet, but no more. The declaration has come. God is with us. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians tells us that we fight a spiritual battle. Revelation 12 gives us a picture of what's happening in the nativity story in the spirit realm. Um, but the, the weight is today that you are not carrying all of this stuff alone. You are not walking into this Christmas season alone. You are walking with the promise fulfilled. You are walking with the presence of God with us, with the authority of God, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, John 16, 7, um, the promise in Hebrews that he will never leave us, and the knowledge that his angels have come to earth. They are on assignment and they are serving at his pleasure to protect his people. We, we pray all the time against demonic forces and I, 
I love to do that because I don't want them here, right? But demons are only mentioned like 30 times in the word. And angels are mentioned 300 times. That's 10 to 1. And that tells me that their importance is bigger than the demonic forces at work. Amen? So while we don't... While we don't worship angels, we worship with angels worshiping our God. We certainly have the authority and the privilege and the in with the angels to ask the Lord to move them on our behalf. Amen? Amen. All right. So the weight of Emmanuel, God with us, is that the promise has come and God keeps his promises. He is not a man that he should lie. He said he would come and he did. It's been fulfilled. And the weight of Emmanuel is that his presence is here. He came, he grew up, he went to the cross for us, and he left his Holy Spirit living inside of us. The angels came in a tactical, military, cosmic way. Listen, the birth of Jesus in a virgin, from a virgin, can you imagine? Like, that is, that is like the deepest cover ever. God was like, okay, we're going to sneak the Son of God in because I don't want the enemy to get excited yet. I want to tell them with my heavenly hosts. I'm going to sneak him in under deep, deep cover. It's the greatest tactical military move ever. And the Son of God will be Emmanuel, God with us. This, I told, I told pastor, tell me when I have to be done, because I'm long-winded, and I can feel it. I'm getting fired up. Anyway, the presence of God is, the magnitude of that, I hope, is not lost on you, because, listen, we might not always feel the presence of God, Right? We might not always feel it. We look around. We see all the things that we're holding. Our, the, our job is killing us. We're waiting for a phone call from a doctor. We don't know when we're going to hear from our kids again. Um, you know, like we're, we're in church alone. We're shopping alone. We, the bills are piling up. All the things, right? Like we don't know what's going on. It doesn't feel like God is present. But the promise tells us that he is. The Holy Spirit living inside of us says that it is. And I want to invite you to follow the knowing, follow the knowledge. You know, in our culture, we, we, we love to say, like, do what feels right. You know, go with, your, go with your gut, which I like for some things. But in this instance, I want to invite you to follow the knowing that God said he would come, and he did. He promised he would never leave us, and he doesn't. He is the presence of Emmanuel, God with us all the time. And so even though it might not feel like it, you might be looking at me saying, Stacey, you don't know my life. You don't know what I'm going home to. I don't. But I know that it's heavy. I know that it's fractured. I know what sin does. I know what being away from the Lord does. I know the effects of that on our life, on our family, on our children. I get it. I know that because Jesus has not come back again, we still are dealing with the enemy. And there's still things. But I want to just feel the weight of that beautiful Holy Spirit that says, I am Emmanuel, God with us, period. Not sometimes, not when we see the blessing. You know, uh, we tend to chase the proof that God is with us. I do it too. I'm guilty. You know, oh, see, see what just happened? God is with me. See that phone call I just got? God is with me. See that? I got everything done, blah, blah, blah. God is with me. But 
the danger in doing that is that we're always chasing the proof and we're not resting in the knowledge that God is with us all the time, period. Amen. Amen. So the last, the last thing I want to share with you is um, resting under the weight of the peace of Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus and the birth announcement, the introducing himself as Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus who saves. And Matthew ends <clears throat> with Jesus telling his, let's see, Jesus telling his people, okay, ah, surely I am with you always even to the end of the age. It starts with Emmanuel, God with us, and it ends with, I'm with you all the time. Time doesn't matter, age doesn't matter, none of it matters, I am with you. John 14, 26 tells us that the Holy Spirit is our peace. Philippians 4 says the peace of God will be on you and guard your hearts in the peace of God, right? Isaiah 55, another pro prophetic promise. God's ways are higher than ours, so we can trust in them. Um, our identity is in Jesus, right? Our identity is in the Father. We know that he formed us before we were born. He crafted us with beautiful intention. That means something. That matters. Um, regardless of what our human family line looks like or what our current situation looks like, the weight of the peace of God is that he has grafted us into his family line. He has adopted us, Ephesians 5, for his pleasure because he wants to, because he loves us. Um, Ephesians 2, he is our peace. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule. I want to encourage you this morning to wage war with peace. Um, I love to think of peace as a weapon, um, <clears throat> but, but more than anything today, this morning, as we're, it's December 3rd, we're moving into a time where our, our culture, our families, our television, everything is bombarding us with stuff, with ideas, with feelings, with all the things, with expectations that may never be met. And we can often be left in this sort of longing, this tension, like, but God, what about this? But God, I thought this. God, ah. And I want to just, if, I, I wish I could just like cover you with a heavy down blanket and just say the weight of it is the peace of God is for you. He is Emmanuel, God with you. End of story. Um, thank you, Lord. So I'm just going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, okay? And we're we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna play a song in a minute. But I just feel like the Lord is as we are we're calling upon his name, he is Emmanuel, he is God with us, he is Jesus who saves, he's wonderful counselor, almighty God, right? Um I feel like the Lord is just like highlighting a few things and if, if that's you this morning, I just want you to know that the Lord is sees you. Um and I'm speaking to a man who is like you're doing all the right things, and you are. your heart is for the Father, but you are walking with 
cement shoes of shame. And no matter how upright you stand, your feet are too heavy and the Lord wants to break that off of you because the truth is no matter what, he has adopted you into his family. And to the young hearts that wondered why they weren't enough, their trauma has been so heavy that even though they've, you've stuffed it down for so many years, the trauma is still there. And at these moments, it comes up. And the Lord wants to tell you, I was there. I was there. I'm still here. And I also just want to speak to a woman in a wedding dress, holding a wedding dress, wondering what went wrong. And the Lord just wants to speak to you this morning and say, I am your God who is with you. And my ways are so much greater. They're so much better. I am your portion. So if you are walking, if you are a a son, a man, a father, who is walking upright, following the Lord with heavy shoes, the Lord wants to break that. And if your child heart buried deep down is wondering why you weren't enough, the Lord wants to meet you. And if you are a woman whose heart has been broken, the Lord is with you today right now. Thank you, Jesus. The weight of Emmanuel, God with us, changes how we do everything. It changes how we respond to our family. It changes how we go to work. It changes how we sleep at night. The weight of Emmanuel, God with us, is that God is living and he is moving. He is working and he is returning. So this morning we're going we're gonna to play a song and I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord and just to listen. I, I went through so many versions of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel because it fits, right? But the Lord kept leading me back to this song because the truth is in the tension of the promise of God with us and in the tension of the presence with us all the time and in the tension of trying to hold on to the peace, there's still that longing for Jesus to come again. And the promise is that he will. So I want to just invite you to feel the weight of his presence right now, and then pastor will come and close. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm going to kneel down because I, I feel the weight of his spirit right now. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I fall to my knees and pray. Come, Jesus, come. Let today be the day. Sometimes I
We stand together, church. Thank you, Stacy, for sharing that word today. Yeah. Amen. Very powerful word. His promise, his presence, his peace. Emmanuel, God with us. His promise, his presence, his peace. Amen. Every head bowed for just a moment, every eye closed. I'm going to close out in prayer. Just want to give you an opportunity. First of all, for anyone that may not have ever accepted Christ into your life. I know we talked about it earlier, but now's the time. The scripture says today is the day. Now is the time to make things right with God. So that invitation is for you. Also, though, as Stacy alluded, you know, th this is for the church. Those of us that struggle in life because of whatever. We struggle through things because of our past, our behaviors, our families, or whatever is going on. But God has broken in. His promise, His presence, His peace is avail available for us. 
So I'm just going to raise the question. Is there anyone here without anyone looking around? Just raise your hand and motion to me just so I could know. Anyone here that needs to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? Don't leave here without doing that. It's important to receive Christ. Acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. And secondly, is there anyone that just, you may be walking with God, but feeling a little bit, maybe a little bit, you know, lost in a way because things have happened that you say, I don't think this should have happened to me, but here I am. Where is God? And you're reminded today, God is with you. Anyone like that? My hand is up on that one. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And then um, if anyone needs prayer, Stacy will be available uh, to pray with you. I'll be available as well. Uh, there will be a choir rehearsal downstairs afterwards, those in the choir. And there will be a, a kids rehearsal up here in a, in a few minutes after the service. Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, for just it's been a great day in your house today. Thank you, Lord, for the worship time, the prayer time. Thank you for the kids' ministries. Thank you, Lord, for, for communion today. And thank you, Lord, for a, a wonderful word as now December is here, Christmas is coming, and we're in, the, we're in the realm of remembering the birth of our Savior. Father, I want to pray for anyone this morning that needs to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, we all come to this place where we say, yes, Lord, I know I need a Savior. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need help. So, Lord, I receive you into my heart today to be my Savior and the deliverer of my life and my soul. Yes. So, Lord, thank you for that promise in your word that you, you came to, to deliver us. You came to ransom us. And we receive that this morning. Lord, also for anyone that has done that, and yet still we find ourselves searching and looking and wondering, where's my God? And, and I, I see God in the good things. I don't see God in everything. Lord, help us to see you in everything. Even the quiet times, when you're not speaking so loud, let us sense your presence as we talked about today. So, Father, for your church, let us remember the promise. Let us remember your presence. And let us remember the promised peace that you said would accompany us. So thank you, Lord. We give you thanks and praise. We pray your blessing, Lord, now as we, as we make our way out of this place to go to the next thing in our lives today, whatever that is. Let us be a witness for you. Let us tell somebody the reason for this season is Jesus has come. Emmanuel, God with us. For it's in your precious name we pray these things. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. If you need prayer, please come up and have Stacy or myself or someone pray with you before you go home today.